This is episode 70 of the Break 80 podcast, and let's be honest, if you're actually listening to the podcast this week, you are either obsessed with golf or doing your best to support us during weeks like this, which is, you know, golf Golf is sort of blah, but thanks to giving us thanks to giving us a listen this week, if you find yourself locked into the pod, we've got some golf-related, not some golf-related topics this week. Mike and Tim will probably pull me. I've not watched a lot of golf. I'm trying to take a little bit off before we hit to the Ryder Cup, and and that's a big week. So we'll just kind of you know bounce it back and forth and see what we come up with. I have something that I would want to ask you guys right off the bat, though. Okay? I just got done finishing two fruit snacks, and I'm 41 years old. At what point are fruit snacks not for the are – they, are they for adults, or should I have stopped eating them when I'm 15? Well, there's a key there's a key component you left out here to this. Um, is there a brand? Because if they're Welch's – you can eat Welch's forever. They're that good. Everything else, nothing else compares to Welch's. No, no, no. Oh, no, Mott's. No, 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 no. <laughs> Nickelodeon. The Nickelodeon fruit snacks. Dude, they're so bad. Were the best. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. You guys are a little too old. Uh, also, if they were THC related, can't go wrong. Dude, oh, I can rip Gushers for days. Yeah, Gushers are classics. Fruit I'm by the foot? You know, how about fruit by the foot? You big, the kids like that? <laughs> It's a lot of work. That's the only problem with food by the foot is too much work to get to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, anyways, um, with that being said, you know, the golf, it's one of those golf weeks where it's like, you know, I I, I, I really like Sahith the Gala. So, I mean, that was, gave me something to kind of watch a little bit of it. But I'm going to be honest, this is just not a, a couple of weeks that I'm heavily invested in the golf scene. So I don't know about you guys, if you want to carry the pod tonight, I'm just kind of well, building up my stamina for two weeks from now. I'll raise your question with a question, right? We're leaving Napa. We're leaving, as Mike calls it, what the the Fortnite, Fortnite challenge? Yeah, yeah. Bring on the, the video Fortinet. Games. The Fortnite. <laughs> the Fortinet. What is <laughs> Fortinet. a what is a uh, IT uh, solution service? But they were in Napa, and Napa is the premier wine growing region of the United States. Uh, do you boys have a preference? And red or white is not an answer. First of all, I don't give a shit. We're talking golf. Um, <laughs> and, and that golf course. By he the knew way, about fruit snacks, folks. He doesn't know about golf wine. course. By the way, that golf course. How can there not be a better golf course in Napa Valley? That's question number one. Uh, number two, I am. Oh God, I don't know. I don't really. I don't really like like white wine at all i don't i'll drink it obviously it's alcohol but i go uh, any kind of red kind of goes whatever i don't i'm not picky i can't I'm, i can't tell the difference between you know a, a three dollar bottle and a three hundred dollar bottle it all goes down the same and i will say this i'm not a huge wine drinker i'll have it on special occasions one glass typically nothing more but i will say that i have the worst hangover a top five hangover that I've ever had from wine. Really? I could drink a whole bottle of wine and be fine. Long time ago, 25, 26. Um, So, yeah, it's not one that you want to really get after, in my opinion, because it just leads to a lot of dehydrated headaches. Um, But I'm not a wine big guy anyways. I like the pink wine, whatever whatever that is. That's actually pretty good. Pink wine? Pink wine? Moscato, yes. That's my (laughs) Whoa. Um, I have actually I've I have been to Napa Valley and I've taken all the tours and done all the tastings and all that bullshit and what a what a joke. 
Like, you get, who wants to sit there and taste some wine and get some like cheese and tomato plates and bruschetta or whatever, bruschetta? How about you just give me a beer and a burger, like a man? You know, Mike, who wine. did you go with? Huh? Well, I was married at the time. That's what. Well, I that's that's probably so. That's problem number one. All <laughs> but, right. Because um, if I would have been, it would have been a blast. I had every wine tasting's phenomenal. Um, uh, it is it is the best, and they have better courses. I'm surprised they bring it all the way up to Napa because it's a logistical nightmare. Getting fans in and out of that area is not easy. You have to fly into San Francisco anyway, and you've got a wonderful course in TPC Harding Park that is suited perfectly well for both a major and for a, a top-notch tour stop. And San Francisco area has good wine as well. So I'm I'm on board with you. I don't know why it has to go all the way up there, but I'm sure it's so... Some of wine country can reap some of the awards of, of people am, coming in. I'm guessing a little bit has to do with this is probably a a hot spot for families when they go. You know, like the the wives and stuff probably like this week. Um, you know, you go to Napa and you do all that stuff. I, I would guess there's some other things going on, but let's talk about the Fortnite, the Fort the Fortnite <laughs> Championship here. Uh, first <laughs> of all, Fortnite. worst worst trophy in golf. Is there is there a worse trophy on the PGA? We know there's the worst one on the LPGA. We'll talk yes, about that in the, a second. The LPGA has a worse the one. The LPGA has the dick trophy that looks like literally like a dick. I like, what I can't believe what it. about um and and apologies. Apologies, Century. We love your course, but your trophy for the Hawaiian event yeah. is so large. It Detroit's, is unholdable. Detroit's is kind of bad. It's got the big circle thing. It does. Did you see though? You can unhook. There's a golf ball in the center. You can unhook it for the from the ring, so you can almost hold it like a scepter. So, uh, you can almost like cast spells down on people. It looks it looks like something out of the medieval times. Did you see the Fortinet's trophy though? It's like their logo. It's hideous. Just fucking awful. Are you like. I don't even know if I'd put it on a man. Ah, you probably would, I guess. You win a PGA Tour event. You probably got to put it on a mantle. But, like, it's bad. It's a terrible, terrible trophy. It's not good. Anyway. I, I'll um, be honest. Like, I don't even – I'm not a big, like, knowing what the trophy even looks like for the tournaments. I don't I don't pay that close attention. I'm not like, attention to detail. Like, if you ask – you guys are kind of like – you you know, like, when you play at, plan a wedding – like you guys know the colors, you know the um <laughs> no hell no. Who the hell knows that yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah. that's what the, like knowing what every trophy this looks is a like. Wedding. <laughs> Jeff, I'm I'm closer to winning a PGA oh, tour event right now than I am to being in a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that. Um so did you, I watched I watched some of it on Sunday? It was or it was later, you know, so it was in the evening. Did you guys see Sahith's dad was just jacked? He was in the stands. High five and everybody just the happy as hell for his son. Um, it sucked, it kind of sucked ass that there was nobody to put a little bit of heat on him because even he was like four shots up and he was still pulling t shots kind of into the rough. He wasn't striping it, but he had like no nobody to push him. Um, but then he wins, and then at the end, that they got Sahith, his mom, and dad. 
and they asked dad a question and dad is on this like 10 minute rant on live national TV. And the wife just cuts him right off and stops him because he's talked too long. The most wife thing of all time on national TV, just, just cuts the poor guy right off his moment of glory. His or son's a PGA Tour winner. Not, not stopping talking. You could look at that in multiple ways. Oh, God. It was, I, I was laughing my ass off. I was like, holy shit, she just cut him right off. <laughs> I uh, I know the golf course isn't great, but I just felt like there's a little bit refreshing just getting a different style of golf. It wasn't like thick fairways. It wasn't super green. It was just a little bit different. I just thought, you know, I watched some of it this weekend. Not a lot, but enough to get just a little bit of a different um, – Something that I wasn't uh, getting, I feel like a lot of the courses are very similar. I just got, you know, this, you know, the little dog legs. You had to work the ball a little bit. Kind of firmer fairways, firmer greens. Obviously, yeah. they still throw darts, but I don't know. I just felt like this the, the course had a little bit different. You know, not the super thick rough. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of punch out from trees. Kind of a, a thing that we haven't seen much of lately on the on the tour. So I don't know. I thought at least was different golf than maybe what we've been to. What did Hith shoot again? Was he, what was he? 21 under. under, 21. You know, and I think they probably got that course playing almost as hard as they can get it. Cause it doesn't, it basically doesn't rain in Napa in September. So it's pretty dry out there. So it was playing pretty firm. Oh, you know, Um, your you know, your wine, you know, your grapes. I know my grapes. Well, grapes like that. Grapes like to be challenged, Tim. Did you know that? Just like, just like you, just like you on the golf course. Love a good challenge. Um, they go get. They both get smashed. <laughs> yeah, this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I, that, like that course is. Can you imagine if those guys play that course when it's soft? Like, oh my god, they would shoot thirty some under instead of twenty one because it was actually they had some they had some tough pin placements on a few of those holes. I was when I was watching it, there were some ones you couldn't get at really, and and those guys are still shooting low scores. But I don't know. Um, good for Sith. A fan favorite, I think, with Netflix and hard work. It seems and he was walking around talking to fans like mid-round. He's like high-fiving people and talking. It was kind of cool. Yeah, I suppose the big story is JT, top five. We'll say I think before we move on to JT, I think we'll see Sahith at the in in uh two years on the Ryder Cups team. President's Cup next year, maybe. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I was thinking more Ryder Cup. Yeah, President's Cup. I, I think he'll be kind of a staple on that. Now, again, like his his driving accuracy is one that is well-documented, not, you know, not great. In fact, my, my I've, that personal story I've shared, I literally watched him hit driver on the range at that uh, at the 3M, and he hit, he hit the Wilson staff truck twice. That That's how bad he missed left <laughs> when he was trying to cut it. So like, I know, and then and then he basically laughed and just put the driver away. So yeah, so so he needs he needs seven driver swings at the or seven seven driver swings at the old range instead of the five he took. Yeah, he, and, and like that that was kind of like his, but that's his person, but but that's his personality. That's what makes him. You know, you got you got like two down. You got Billy Horschel, who's like the most serious. Do not interrupt me. I'm going through all my check mark points. Douche. He got Sahith, the young guy that just shows up. Wax a couple balls, doesn't have a, you know, doesn't have all these numbers and all this, you know, track mans that he's looking at every shot. He just looks at a flag, hits at it, looks at a different flag, hits at it, puts the clubs away and goes and putts. I mean, and by the way, putter is, is obviously his strength. He's a very, very good putter, but I I thought that kind of fits his personality, to be honest. Which is, 
I wonder if that hurts him. If if he's going to be a Ryder Cup one day, he's almost going to have to make it on points. Maybe now, granted, I do think he seems like the kind of guy that would you could pair with anybody personality wise. I think he's a pretty laid back guy. But I think when they make those picks, I think driving accuracy is a is a pretty high priority. Um, you know, maybe other than you know, like guys like Spieth and JT who are kind of the leaders, but just for the four ball part and the force, you know, pairing him, pairing him with a guy, if you have no idea where he's going to hit the driver is really difficult. If you're going to put him out there, which, but you don't have to put him out there. That's the thing. But, but then, but then again, he's a great putter. So then you've got, he is that, a great putter. you know, so it's, and he makes a lot of birdies. So, you know, he, you know, he could be a good match play guy, but I bet you, yeah, I could see him on the president's cup next year. Yeah. Um, That's all I got. Fortnite. I mean, there's not. Well, there wasn't that many stories. Oh yeah, Justin, JT played well. You know, fifth place. I think you got haters that if he doesn't win, they're going to say it was you know limited field. Blah blah blah. You know, he's in a, he's in a tough spot. But he showed signs of life, and that's what's shooting even on the last day. He didn't play well the last day, um, but he's showing. So he's coming around. He had a little swagger out there and a few shots here and there. Um, so he's coming around just in time for the Ryder Cup. Who else we got? Minnesotan, huh? Just before, before he, I think he got what he wanted to get out of that tournament. Obviously, a win would have been great, but I think he got the feels that he needed um, playing in a in a tournament. You know, somewhat in contention, which you want to feel those contention swings, nerves. Sure. Obviously, not compared to Ryder Cup, but like when you look back at it. He had some magical moments. He, you know, made some putts. He got up and down from crazy spots. He, he had all those little things that maybe can get him to where he needs to be for for Ryder Cup, confidence wise or mentally wise. That I think this tournament, if he did not play in it, you know, he could have been one of those things where he searched a little bit instead of going into it. Now he's got, I think he he got away with it what he wants, and I think he's going to play well, and that's. I think he's just a, a gamer. He's an absolute yeah. gamer. I think he's going to make a lot of people um, suck on their words. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him lit, uh, rip it up. It's a great well, story. Hold on, regardless. If, he plays, if he plays great or bad, either way, it's great for us. It's great. It's we, great we, fodder for the media. We don't, we don't want him to suck on or make, make everyone suck on their words though. <laughs> Cause, uh, cause some of us had words for him. And uh... <laughs> so, yeah. I am actually, and we'll get we'll get to the whole playing and sharpening because after we talk about Wentworth, I'm actually very concerned about the American team at this point. Um, and when we talk, we, we talk about Wentworth first, and we'll get to that. But here, here's a good story: Minnesota's own Troy Merritt, T7, has had an awful year. Um, you know, perennial guy that keeps his card has been fighting the putting yips all year. He kind of documents it a little bit on Twitter here and there. About he used to be a great putter. He's just been awful this year. Shoot seven under the last day to get the T seven, which is big for him because this this fall stuff still counts into next year's stuff for some of these guys. Uh Homa, your two time defending champ, was T seven, played okay. Tied with Callum Taron, one of our uh one of our podcast uh I guess friends of the pod somewhat. T seven, so good week for Callum. I don't know who else we got on this list. Other than that, it was kind of a Pretty boring, standard, non-event with a lot of players that aren't playing. So, 
We can so just skip that one. Homa and JT are the only two Americans. They're the only two, yep. Uh, okay, let's go to Wentworth, the DP then. So they played They played at Wentworth. That's a big event on the Euro. That's like their, their end of the year, kind of one of their things. Um, here is where, here's where I'm concerned for the American Ryder Cup team. I still think they're probably the favorite. But you're going to be looking outside of JT and Homa because none of these guys went to Wentworth. Tom Hoagie did. He got 14th. You're looking at guys who have not played in a month. Like, when does that happen? If this was a major, if they were getting ready for the the Open Championship, would they be taking a month off? Hell no. Like, the, the U.S. team hasn't played uh, any competitive golf since since the FedEx Cup Championship, which is going to be a month from the, from the Ryder Cup, where the Euro team, every single guy went to Wentworth. They all showed up, and most of them played really well. Um, but I think that's because it fits. All right, many of them are from Europe, right? They have homes in Europe. They can sure get it for two weeks. Where America, you don't want to go over there and play, then sit around in in Europe for three, four weeks, or a month. No, you can come back though. It's only it's, it's a two. You'd have a week off in between, but you could play the Fortinet. You wouldn't have to play the. They could have played the Fortinet. Uh, yeah. you, you don't. You don't have to. the only one that doesn't have. Actually, the only guy that's playing is Kepka. Kepka's playing next week, the week before the, the, he's got a live event. Yep, in Chicago, the week, big, the week big before. Event. Yeah, we've been there. Though. I'm sure there's a circus going on. Uh, but let's talk about the let's talk about the the DP World Tour here. Foxy got a W. How about that? I love Foxy. Hi, my guy. He's my yeah. He, he goes OB. He goes OB on like hole number three and takes a triple. And then proceeds to make eight birdies on a golf course. He's he's proclaimed he doesn't really like it, doesn't fit his game. Uh, but now he's got to <laughs> talk about a guy. He'll be on the President's Cup team next year. He got fucked last time. That guy, that guy deserved to be on the. Oh, Mike right now. Huh? A lot of passion on Mike's. Foxy man, I love Foxy. He's a he's a big boy. He's a big burly boy. He is he's a big boy. He rips it, man. Tim and I watched him on the driving range hitting drivers. That guy, you talk about pass parallel, left foot like wide open, just hammering it. Um, you, I, some of these guys, you just don't have an appreciation for how how big they actually are in person. And I'm a pretty average size guy, Mike. You're you're bigger than the average bear, or <laughs> you're probably the size of the average bear, literally. Maybe. Uh, but but some of these guys even make you look a little bit thin, and Fox is one of them. I mean, that's 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 an eighty frame house right there, swinging a golf club. Well, his uh, his dad played rugby for the All Blacks, the New Zealand All Blacks, the best rugby team in the world. Um, his dad was part of a nineteen eighty seven rugby cha- world championship team, I think. So huh. that's a sport I want nothing to do with ever. That's I mean, some tough, some <laughs> tough, tough guys right there playing oh rugby. My, yes, I, I stay away from rugby. But let's, I'm assuming so, All Black was just the name of the team because Fox is real white. That's yeah, that's the, that's the name of their team. They're called the All Blacks, the New Zealand All Blacks, or whatever they are. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Fox is eighteen under. Aaron Rye has a lips out in the last hole, had a, had a putt, the two gloves to tie him. And so him and Tyrrell, him and Tyrrell were at uh, 1700, even though Tyrrell did, did the javelin throw with the, with the pin. He wanted to throw it. You see that? 
had the he had the pin he had the pin in his hand like he was like a javelin pretending to throw it. Love it, I, love Tyrrell. Suggesting that anytime he gets mad, it's a drinking contest. Like you <laughs> drink every time he gets pissed. But look at this. So this is a big event. This is a really good field, actually. And look at this European Ryder Cup team. Tyrrell gets second by a shot. Rom gets fourth, two shots back. Victor Hovland fifth. Fleetwood sixth. Rory seventh. Ludwig, who was leading and then blew up, of course, on Sunday. But he was top ten. But, I mean, and Sepp Straka was top ten. Almost their entire team outside of Justin Rose and Robbie Mack. And I mean, Fitzpatrick was top 20 was and Shane Lowry even was top 20. They were, tr- they're kind of trending upward going into the Ryder cup and the United States. We don't know what none of these guys have played forever. And so it'll be kind of fascinating to see um, how that plays out. I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. I'm not, I still think the United States will be favored, even though they haven't won for 30 years over there, but it's a little concerning. Mike, real quick update for you. Yeah. Jerome Ford just had like a 70 yard touchdown run. Again. Uh, <laughs> did he really? Fab dollars, buddy. We are, we, I can't because some psychopath in our league who didn't have Nick Chubb just has randomly has Jerome Ford on his team, on his roster already. Um, not handcuffing anybody, just sitting on a bench, a, a guy who wouldn't play normally. Yeah, I hate to see that. Makes no sense. Sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack you, but I feel like... Did the like... Browns... How are the Browns losing then still? Jerome um, Ford did not have a 70-yarder. Yes, he did. Really? Yeah. They could call back or something? No, I asked I, I got it on right here. Um, Interesting. While we're on the... I know we're, we're on the topic of, of the European squad and yesterday. I just want to ask... Do you guys feel like the NFL has been super boring to watch so far? I think it's been just hideous. Like I just like the quarterback plays awful. Um, there's not been any like there's just a lot of like nine to seventeen games. Yeah, there's fun to watch at the running back position anymore. They're all just kind of like blah. Oh my god! Did you watch Robinson? Yeah, yesterday against the Packers. Yeah, okay. Oh, he's, he's you know, but they're you know that I would I would say yes. He's 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 crazy fun, good to watch. I think that's that added something to the NFL. But I'm just like the running back back position is dying. We all kind of know that, right? And all the best athletes are they now trying to be receivers since the life of a running back is not very long. Uh, well, it's never it's never been long, and that's always been the goal of the pension fund, right? Because the pension fund will throw people out of it if you don't survive past what seven years, which running backs don't, a lot of a lot of linemen don't, wide receivers don't. So it's really leaving it up to just a few people that can take advantage of the pension through the yeah. NFL. Well, it's just going to be. I think what's going to happen in the NFL um, is going to be. You're going to see there was this trend where you nobody would draft a running back in the first round. They'd wait, you know. I think that's going to go the complete opposite way, and teams are going to start drafting guys maybe in the first round because then you get the fifth-year option, you know, on their contract, and then you can just play them for five years and just cut bait. Wear them out for five years, and you just move on. Like like a B. John Robinson is going to play five yeah. years, Instead of paying him twenty million or you know fifteen million dollars, they just say, you know what, we'll just draft another one, and it'll be cheap because the rookie deal is cheap, and they yeah, just wear them out. 
the only downfall of that is wasting a first round pick on a position that has a very high injury rate. It does, but you know, look at the, how many wasted first round picks have the Vikings done? Like, holy crap, Lewis Seen, Lewis Seen can't even get on the field right now, and we and we're and we're rotating in like four safeties, and Lewis Seen, our first round draft pick from two years ago, can't get on the field. That's fucked up. Nothing's really good. Nothing's really given. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought, I just don't know. After two weeks, I haven't seen a lot of fun games. I think the, the commanders and giants game was fun, but there's just My, obviously points. There's fun and just really well, bad I, constantly is not. And yes, your, your Packers team, Tim. Would you start, would you start your day with watching the Vikings? Of course, it's not going to go well. Well, uh, hold on. let's talk about the Vikes. That's, the Vikings are only one game out. Because your team can't even do a hard count properly. My favorite play, <laughs> my favorite play of the entire weekend was Jordan Love not even going to snap the ball. I, I don't think. Maybe he thought he was going to. I don't know what was going on. I think. I think he thought he was thinking about snapping. They were going to hard count it or whatever. Try to draw him off sides, and then he thought maybe the ball was going to snap. So then he trips and falls sideways. Hilarious. I wish. I wish the center would have snapped the ball. That would have been even better. But that was the play of the weekend. The the arrogant Packers who think Jordan loves a stud. Wow, he threw a wide he threw he can throw a wide open slant. Anybody in the NFL can throw that pass. He doesn't have to do anything extraordinary. They're one and one. The fucking Lions just gifting the Vikings a hope because they just lay a complete defensive egg at home against Seattle. What a joke. And the Bears are a disaster. Just utterly. Justin Dustin Fields is gonna be done. They're gonna get rid of him after this year. They're gonna they they're gonna have a number one pick and take a quarterback. I think he is five and twenty two right now in his. he has regressed. He's not even running anymore. He's not it's, even rushing right now. He's just like doing nothing. It's just bad. It's pretty much my record against Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but so you know, I think the Vikes. This is a big game for the Vikes. If the Vikes can beat the Chargers this week coming up, then you got Carolina. You can get the two and two. Then you got the Chiefs, who have not looked dominant at home. Not saying we're going to beat the Chiefs, but they have not looked like the Chiefs to this point. And then you got you got San Fran in there. She so got some tough games, but you can get a little run because after that, you have played all the hard teams on your schedule, and the other rest of the conference has not. So I'm anyway. glad you're thinking positive, Mike, because I'm not. So <laughs> um, back so, to that Speaking of the European Ryder Cup team, I did a little. Did you see Rory's comments this week on on how he thinks they're going to be? They can win the Ryder Cup. Basically, mid irons. Yes, and and we'll get to Rory's comments on Blocky here, Mike, on the summer of Block too. Um, Rory said that. Let's see, I got to find it here. I got multiple articles. Um, yes, that basically their best chance is to play the courses long, make them pretty tight and make it so, you know, it's not just a wedge fest for the United States where it's long irons in mid irons in. And he said, he said he wants it to be a putting contest because he thinks they got, he, they can win that putting contest. So I went, um, I went and did a little research today because I'm confused by his comment about putting. It doesn't make any sense to me. Now, maybe he's talking match play putting because I think Rory Putts better in match play because you putt a little more aggressive. You know, you got to make putts. I think, I think Rory putts the best when he's not in the lead and he's chasing, when he's trying to, you know, when he's actually aggressive putting. You see him in the lead of majors all the time where he, 
he kind of just lays off it and just bleeds it up there and misses a lot of putts. But you, you see charging Rory when he's putting aggressively, which they'll do in match play because you almost have to sometimes, makes a lot more putts. But anyway, I did strokes gain, strokes gain putting for the European team. Most of these guys have PGA Tour averages. So here's where they sit. Uh, Shane Lowry is 116th in the PGA Tour in strokes gain putting. Not good. Um, Rory is 65th. Not great. Robbie Mack is 56th on the DP World Tour, not even the PGA Tour putting. Sepp Straka's 54th. Um, Victor Hovland's 50th. They don't have, they have some guys in the 30s. Their best putter is Tyrrell at 7th. And Fitzpatrick's 11th and Fleetwood is 15th. And we know Fleetwood can't make a big putt. So, if you look at the U.S. side, Homa is sixth, better than anybody on the European team. Xander Shoffley is fourth, better than anybody on the European team. Sam Burns is ninth, right up there in putting. Uh, Wyndham is 30th. Brian Harmon's 21st. Um, you know, we, they have a lot of pretty good putters in the U.S. team, other than, you know, Scotty's 151. And... Uh, and Justin Thomas is 129, and Colin Morikawa 114. But to me, it doesn't seem like statistically that the Europeans have this huge advantage putting. So I was, I'm a little confused by that comment, unless he's looking at, unless they're looking at, you know, historical Ryder Cup putting. I don't know. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Um, because doesn't doesn't that kind of seem like that fits into the U.S. strength a little bit with Morikawa and Scheffler? Like they're two of the best long iron players in the whole freaking world. Like yeah, yeah, I, and the fact that understand. this Rome course, it's it's not it's not traditional links. It's it's gonna be almost Parkland. Yeah. So I don't know. I was actually kind of confused by, it, but I'm sure they, you know, they do all kinds of analytics and they do all kinds of stuff. It's but I was just it was I was confused by that. I don't know. Out, outside of outside of the, the a lot of the U.S. team not playing in a considerable amount of time leading into this. I don't see how they don't win this. I mean, as it's a Parkland based Rome course, right? It it's not it's not your traditional Ryder Cup, links, hard, fast, hot bunkered, windy situation. Um it just it I feel like this, unless there is just a camaraderie that we don't see behind this really young European team. Uh, I, I don't see how the U.S. doesn't bring this home based on their firepower. I mean, yeah, I think their strength, their, the U.S. strength is they're deeper. You know, you get to the bottom of the European team, and and, and Sepp Strakas had a good year. Uh, Nikolai Horgard's had a good year, and Ludwig's had a great year, too, For you know, but, but he, he hasn't played one. You know, none of those guys have, have played on this kind of stage. Where the U.S. guys, you know, towards the bottom, Justin Thomas and Spieth, guys that have been around. So I think that's a big advantage for the Americans is their their depth. They're deeper. Um, but I, don't I know. would say not not only that, but you're talking about a group of guys. I, I know that you know, Scotty might not have the closest ties with everyone based on how the media portrays them, or Sam Burns is is kind of with Scotty in that regard. But a lot of these guys, because of how how much they've played alongside each other in the tour here 
have really gotten to know each other. I would have to imagine the camaraderie is probably deeper on the U.S. side too, because you look at a Hoygaard or you look at a, a Ludwig um, that are reasonably new, not to say that they weren't playing in junior tournaments with people, uh, but they're they're not going to be the most familiar faces within within a locker room uh, where the U.S. guys have been playing together for for years. There's no one there's no one super young on this U.S. team. We don't have a, a 20, 20 year old or a 21 year old. The European team is turning over a new guard for the first time in a long time. And we got to talk about this now. Perfect segue, Tim. Sergio, we got to talk about Sergio this week. <laughs> so, you know. Do you think he's kicking sand in a bunker right now? Just throwing just, a tantrum? Remember remember when Sergio won the Masters? And people were like, oh, he's kind of likable. Like, he was talking about how he seemed like he'd grown up. You know, remember he had all his near misses where he, where he lost the open to Patty in the playoff and he blamed, you know, the golf gods are against him and how that putt didn't go in the lift out. And he always had an excuse, but then he won the masters and he was like kind of humble and people were starting to like him. And then he For just five like, minutes. he's just like, what the fuck is he doing? So Sergio Garcia wanted to play in the Ryder cup. He's maybe the, he's the greatest European winner ever. Maybe the greatest winner period in the Ryder cup history. Uh, um, he made a last ditch effort to play in the event. He even offered to pay all of his fines. He's the only player, by the way, all the other live guys paid all their fines. The only guy that did not was Sergio, but he offered at the last minute to pay $700,000 in fines to get on to, to in a last ditch effort to get onto this Ryder cup team. Even though he resigned from the DP World Tour. He resigned his uh, tour status, and they're the ones that run the European team. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Plus, he's played like shit, so I don't know what he's trying to do. He is the all-time winningest Ryder Cup player. Um, but yeah, so he woke up and Rom Rom's wondering why he's not on the team, but yeah, that's that's the guy just trying to have his back, his fellow Spaniard and. Yes. partner obviously in the Ryder Cup and they've been very successful and I'm sure they probably could have been okay this year Sergio just kind of finds it just like everybody else on the European side it seems like so but you know some choices have consequences boys I I don't I don't understand why we're talking about Sergio and we're not talking about me me the best the best match play player on this podcast <laughs> in the last month uh, just yeah, a yeah, titan you're, you're probably uh you're probably right there. Just a Titan. Get me out there. The new lab putter. Yeah, I don't know if that was working that well today. You were missing uh, a lot of putts. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't matter, Mike. Didn't matter because I was really bad, which is the <laughs> story of the summer. But it's not as big of a story of the summer as the block party. Michael Block, he's, he, the, the summer of Block. Smooth transition. Yes, it was. The summer of Blocky is moving into the fall. Michael Block made an albatross. Supposedly his ninth fucking albatross. I mean, come nine? No way. Like that's just. Do we really truly believe that he's made nine? Absolute legend. Come on, nine albatrosses. This is like the only that will be in a in a you know one of those theories fictional books. Um, what is the kind Ripley's of, Ripley's believe it or not, John Henry and what is that genre called? 
heroes? Heroes? Sci-fi? Paul Bunyan. What is that? What is that? Myths, that? myths and legend? Yeah, yeah lore. lore. Oh, fables? <laughs> fables? He's be in fables yeah. and lore of block. Yeah, he's going to be like, in golf books as, and kids are going to read that this guy had nine albatrosses and 37 all-in-ones. And all. So, you know, first of all, if somebody doesn't have a hole-in-one or an albatross, you know, fuck off, Michael Block, if you really have nine. That's ridiculous. Secondly, is there ever video footage of any of this shit? Like, other than his hole-in-one he made at the PGA Championship. I was going to say, he's got one already. He's got one that more one's than on video on film. He's got all. He, all that was showing was a was a two with three circles all around. He he was circling it on video, you know, three times for his albatross. He supposedly set the course record at Valhalla like a two like a month and a half ago. No, no video, no video at all. It's just a scorecard picture again with somebody that said he did. It's the summer of Blocky, um, and, and now he's you know he's albatrossing it up. I, I don't even know, but. The, the, he was in the news this week for something else because Rory talked about that final round on on golf sub far, and this is this subs up Michael Block to me so perfectly. So everybody, I'm sure remembers he was, you know, over the green or left to the green on 18 at Oak Hill, basically a blind shot uphill, just dead. There's no chance he's getting it up and down, which he had to get up and down to get into the next PGA top 15. And of course he does. He just gets one super close. So Rory, so Rory goes, um, he's down in this crowd and it's a blind shot. And Rory recalled, it was like, there's no way this guy's getting this thing up and down. Block then hit one of the shots of the tournament, landing his ball in the rough between the green and the bunker. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He couldn't land it on the green. So he landed it in the thick rough between the green and the bunker. And it's still released out there perfectly. Um, between letting it release out to eight feet. Mayhem ensued as Block emerged from the crowd below the 18th up to the putting service. And this is the best right here. This is even better than the comment, I think. Michael comes up to the green, marks his ball, and gives it to Harry, Rory's caddy, and has him clean it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is your what the fuck is your caddy doing? You give it to Rory's fucking caddy? This is dumb. This is already so stupid. <laughs> and, and and Harry asked Blocky. Roy's calling him Blocky now too. That's his name. Asked Blocky, "Is your short game usually this good?" And this and this response, according to Golf.com, is peak Michael Block. And he says, he goes, nah, it's usually better to Rory. Like, come on, he just hit the most insane short game shot of the year, probably. And it, and Blocky's saying he's he can do better. It just. The guy, the guy's never going to go away. He's going to be here for the rest of our lives for eternity. The Michael he, Block show. That's what he is. He's a tall tale. That's what yeah. it's called. Unbelievable. He's like these stories that you're sharing are going to be passed on forever. <laughs> I, I, I wonder though, like, is, you know, really, he's obviously a really good player. Are there other really good players that have all these hold on ones and albatross? They just don't post everything. Like Michael Block craves attention, does he not? Like you can just tell, he just loves it. So I don't, I don't know. I just the summer of Block he continues into the fall with albatross is unbelievable. I don't know. I don't got anything else other than do we, we do we need to talk about Jimmy Walker ripping the PGA tour? I don't I feel bad. Yeah, I 
Jimmy Jimmy Walker. Okay, so Jimmy Walker is ripping. This is my one thing I gotta say. Jimmy Walker basically acts like he didn't know that it's not one twenty five anymore, right? Yeah, he's made. I don't know how much money he's made. He's made enough money to buy a freaking telescope that can see up into God knows where. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you got f you money if you're buying telescopes. Okay, that's 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 case settled right there. You can buy a cheap telescope for a hundred bucks. Okay, Tim, we're talking about the ones that see up into whatever you need to see up into the sky. See the the moon landing that didn't happen. Whatever, whatever you want to see, you can see it from Jimmy Walker's telescope. You know what Jimmy Walker is? Like, first of all, Jimmy Walker, he's had a tough break with injuries and whatever illness, but play better, Jimmy. Holy shit! Like, you know, whatever. You know, who he is. He's Peyton Hillis. He had his like two year. Remember, Peyton Hillis had like a two year run where he was unbelievable. He's on the cover of Madden, and then you and then he just basically dead ever since. Which he almost did die. Didn't he save somebody from drowning? And he almost died, or did he die? No, Peyton he, Hillis. Not he lived, didn't he? Anyway, but he's like Jimmy Walker's like one of those guys that just had like a couple year run, you know, and then that was it. And you never hear from him again unless he's bitching about something because he hasn't done shit. Got more. Really sounds like a guy I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was and never was, Tim. There's a big difference there between a never was and a major yeah. champion. Before we wrap this up, let's talk about when is it time to just hang it up? By the way, I want to say this. I think I'm a big believer that I think I've had enough um, years of just thinking this that I'm actually going to say it publicly that I think fall golf is the best golf there is. Oh, for sure. I can't. No. I, you never, re- you rarely have wind. You've got just the perfect temperatures. Nope. You've got less people on the golf course. Nobody wants to sweat their ass off all summer. This is way better when it's 55 or 60. And and, and to, for me, too, like, I feel like I appreciate rounds more because I know that they're limited. Like, I just feel like I usually have a better time when I'm playing because I'm not playing a lot, so I don't have the expectations of shooting that well. I just feel like I have the best time playing in the fall. The only, the only uh... fall problem is the leaves. Sometimes the leaves, the ball goes, goes shorter. Uh, you can barely get 18 in if you can at all. The first wow, of all, you're a buzzkill, Tim. the ball does not go that much shorter until you're getting down to like the forties for temperature. You are. Oh, no, it goes. I was, I'm just high about it, it, all rounds. And Tim just says, Nope. This yeah, fall is great. Best time to play. The courses are in the best shape in the fall too. They're in the best 90, 95 fall. sunny. Get me out there. That's just, oh, that's just idiotic. Ninety fucking five and sunny, Tim. Come on. Yeah, like we like to wear like a pair of pants. You've got like a like a nice thin hoodie on. Still got a ball cap. You know, maybe in the morning if you're playing a little crispy morning round, you got a little stocking cap on. Not to the point where you need to wear like your mitts and your, you know, your freezing. It's not snowing. It's just like a great temperature, and it's just you know, like I said, I I like it's just a crisp air. You can just kind of breathe, see your breath a little. Come on, for those, yes, for those. Oh God! Here we go. For those of us that have melanin and can stand the sun in in larger than fifteen minute quantities, unlike some people in Minnesota, summer is the best. I mean, the ball goes further. You've got at least you can fit in three rounds of golf in a day. In the summer, you can't do any of that. In the winter, listeners, I have played. It's with pretty Tim much the winter in hot weather. I didn't see Tim after Wolf Creek or Wickenburg last year. 
when it was 100 just jumping ready to go play more golf you were dying i tried like to get you to play us. more oh, i tried bullshit. to get you to play more dying like everybody else <laughs> this is not fun. i will challenge that 100 percent. i tried to get everyone to go not, out to copper rock when it was 117 fun. yeah it was fun. it was a blast no no it wasn't nothing like hurts it. my back didn't hurt my knees didn't hurt there's no wonder why old people go south I had a shot today, my best shot of the day, Jeff. I want you to know I had to do it under crazy circumstances. I'm in the trees. No, we're already done. No, yeah. I'm, hitting I'm 18. Yeah, shocker. I'm in the trees. I found this little gap, hit it right through it, onto the green, 15 feet, all while I had to, I had to pull the shot off with Tim laying on the ground behind me because his back seized up, doing stretches and grunting and making weird noises as I'm trying to play this shot out of the woods. <laughs> weird? No, I didn't make any noises. <laughs> and to my to my defense, I got a phone call to go help out with valet, so I ran like 13 miles over the weekend up, I don't know how many flights of stairs, probably 100 flights of stairs through the whole shifts. So, yeah. Back was back was a little torched going into today. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Timmy. When you and start I still got still got that W though. Lay down and start doing your stretches on the golf course. You better take good care of that body. Over you this look out. I can't imagine what's going on. All the cigarettes and all the alcohol and all the other thing else that you put in that thing, it is going to break down. And when that breaks down, Daddy's going to be here ready to play you in match play. Can you imagine? Twenty dollars at a time. Can you imagine, Tim, when you're 42 like me, how 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 short that spinner's gonna go? It's gonna be like 185. (laughs) (laughs) He's just gonna be like hitting a seven iron off off there when you got 10 more years than you. (laughs) Listen, Mike, I (laughs) him lots more distance in the summer. Okay, that's that's, (laughs) I don't have a longevity plan. All right, let's let's be honest, (laughs) my. My retirement spoken for in golf trips. So <laughs> the harder this alcohol can hit, the better. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. You guys have fun next summer when it's just when I'm. I'll just be here to talk golf while you guys are playing it because I might be retiring. Yeah. Take what? Uh, what? What's your new passion going to be, Mike? I don't know. I need to come up with something. Maybe. Maybe writing more consistent newsletters. Nick, Nick is. Uh, Mike is in a midlife crisis with his golf game. I think That's I went bad here. Mike is basically at the, the <laughs> bottom of the bottom. So he's t- debating when is it time to call it quits. <laughs> I, okay. When you this can't. Is, I mean, this is not like legit bitching. Cause I know people shoot scores a lot higher, but God damn, it's frustrating. I can't, I don't even want to play. I get in the car after every round and I'm like, <laughs> what do I do this to myself? Like just torturous. Like, Started out so well today. I had a good drive. I hadn't played in, you know, since since we played Royal Club. You bogeyed the first hole. First swing of the day. No breakfast ball in the afternoon. Nothing. Right down the middle. Then I have a little wedge. Can't even sniff the green. Just gross. I just can't. I. I how do people do it? How do people? Again, again, they're trying to get better. I just, I'm going backwards. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna have to get a serious oh, plan. What of us? What of us? Welcome to the dark side. I just like, don't you guys get frustrated? Like, how the hell have you made it this far? No, because some of us, some of us are still getting better at this game, Mike. (laughs) Despite, despite my temple not being, it's more like the Greek and Romans post Dark Ages temple, but 
you know, I'm still getting better at this thing. Tim and I are more the philosophy, like, if you play shitty, just play more golf and get out of it. Just, well, just, me yeah. too. Like, I don't, I, don't <laughs> I honestly, I honestly don't worry about it. I don't freak out. I don't care enough. But I've, I was driving home today and I was just thinking, I was in a solemn state. I had no radio on. Did you have Simon and Garfunkel? <laughs> just, just, yeah, just sounds of silence in the truck, you know, just, and I was driving home like, holy fuck. You know, I'm going to be 42 years old. I don't see this thing just naturally getting any better. As <laughs> I don't think it's going to work that way. So we're going to have to we're going to, have to come up with some with some actual plan to like get in shape and not be so fat and like be a little more limber, maybe practice putting or something. Because this is this has been a, a this is a frustrating summer. I can't. There's no other way. To, well, no other way to put it. I would I would take this perspective, Mike. What else would you be doing? Right, spending well, time with loved ones. Like well, yeah. what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I just like God. If just there's, n- I mean, I haven't actually tried to fix anything. That's probably a that's probably one part. I haven't like went and like worked on anything. But like I, practice, just the same stupid ass shit over and over again. It's just, just like when you're not used to it, it's so frustrating. Like next year, I'd probably be less frustrated when I'm just as bad. But because I'll have a year down to, to let it all sink in. But man, has it been frustrating. Ready to quit, but I won't. Of course, you have nowhere to go. What are you gonna do? Go back to your family? Yeah, I mean, well, I got I got an exit strategy. The rest of the fall, I just play with the vintage set, and then that gives me a complete out for playing like shit. I'm like, ah, it was the, it was the Persimmons, like John Rom. Ah, you know, just John, just John, John Rom in it with the Persimmons in the no man's land. Just start pointing at the green like it's supposed to go the other way, and. Oh yeah, I, I had a great one today. I was I was hanging in there just gritty with with Tim. I had a great chip after I hit a shitty shot, something like that. What he's saying is I missed I missed two three and a half footers that weren't given to me. And, uh, and first uh... of all, they weren't three and a half feet. I'm about <laughs> as liberal of a gimme giver as there is. But um, I, I I I'm just talking shit about how gritty I am. You know, a lot of heart, whatever. Just making up bullshit as I'm playing shitty. <laughs> I'm just trying to entertain myself more than anything. And I chipped one and I literally thought for sure it was going to break one way. So I'm calling it going in. I'm like this gritty kid. And then it goes completely the opposite way, like fucking 15 feet away. Just pathetic. <laughs> Just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, man. Boys, I mean, like I said, I knew that we'd find something out of this week. There wasn't, you know, there's not a lot going on, but uh, I'm looking forward to Ryder Cup in a couple weeks. And uh, next week, we're really in a dead zone. We got the. We got the Solheim Cup next week. Solheim, yep, Solheim Cup. That'll be fun. That's the the kazoo on the DP. They're in the the, the kazoo opener, whatever it is. That one's in like South Africa or something. Well, uh, yeah, we'll have to kind of think about. I also want to check in when we get official like Ryder Cup. You know, I think it'd be kind of fun. Maybe even get our Reed Lion guy on, talk about some prop bets or whatever for the Ryder Cup. That'd be kind of fun. Ooh, like that. and then kind of get kind of get juiced up. I think I, I'm going to, I kind of enjoy taking a couple of weeks of just not focusing on the golf and then just getting jacked. The problem is I don't even know what time does this thing air? Like at 10 PM. What? Midnight. When is this thing going to be on TV? The Ryder cup? Yeah. Uh, was it nine? Is it nine or eight hour difference? It's like a seven hour, eight hour difference. So if they play, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, normally, I'm guessing it'll be like morning, like the DP, you know, the DP world is always on in the morning. And since they only have, you know, a few matches, they can finagle the time. I'm sure for TV somewhat. I don't know. I would assume we'll have, 
that's the worst if you don't have a live. Like, I want to see it live. I don't want to look at my phone and, and get scores ahead of time. You know, that sucks. Yeah. But what do you do? You know, I'm thinking, guys, I'm holding this Walter Hagen autobiography right now. We can do a little uh, little first Ryder Cup action, right? 1927? Yeah. It's right in this book, as told by. So possibly a uh, secondhand story. But straight from the book, um, Walter Hagen, not a guy that that enough golf historians talk about, I don't think, even though he's up there, maybe even past Hogan, I think. He's got 11 majors. He at one point in time tied the course record at Bemidji Town and Country Club in the 1920s. I mean, that was probably just a courtesy because back in the day, that's what they did. But yeah, they dude, didn't was, didn't dude was a – yeah. Dude was a baller. Dude borrowed a thousand bucks for a, a ship ride over to uh, uh, Australia um, for an exhibition tour. Spent that whole thousand dollars on a, a diamond necklace for a girl he met in line <laughs> for the trip and had to go back for an extra thousand bucks. Love it. Um, before you wrap up, Tim, did you you have something coming out tomorrow? Yes, uh, tomorrow is going to be the Brainerd series. So for those of us following on the uh, Substack on our news articles, again, follow us through BRK80, break80brk80.com. We're going to have a whole series on Brainerd Golf, as listed by Golf Digest as one of the best travel destinations in the U.S. But between, what was it? Was it just Labor Day? Between Labor Day and the leaves falling... Uh, is one of the hottest destinations here in the country. Um, so a very, very good place to to book a trip, even if it's just for a day, if it's for the weekend. Um, whatever you can do, get up to Brainerd before the end of the season. And uh, information coming out soon. All right, sounds good. Mike, anything coming up from you? Yeah, I got I got one on uh, Minnesota too, Alexandria, Bemidji, and Detroit Lakes, the three big resort ones, but I'll probably... <clears throat> wait until the end of the week maybe or something since tim's putting one out on tuesday so we'll try to have a double week this week so always putting out i don't have <laughs> i don't have a i don't have a call soon but i'm going to do one on whether size matters and driving distance i got, I got <laughs> that's a good transition yeah access a yx you know access for me and we're going to really get down to deep of of this theory that tim got so it should be fun. <laughs> All right, folks, you're getting down and deep into size matters. <laughs> All right. This is time to be done. Right. <laughs> Between 79 and 80, not inches is everything. <laughs> Maybe today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I got to keep it on the 80. It's the gold chain. you hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80.